0: Father God, we come before you this morning to worship you, to
1: be in your presence, just to lift up your name. I thank you that you are our Father, and that you're always with us, always
0: watching over us, always taking care of
1: us, even through things that we don't understand. So we just want to take this time now to just let go of the things that has been on our minds, things that bother us or irritate us or just Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, he is the great I am. Amen. I want to read you a passage out of Psalms 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me in, behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall follow me, even the night shall be light about me. Oh, God, this morning, I thank you so much that you know everything about us and you still love us. I thank you, Lord, that you know every thought that we have and you still love us. You know our beginnings and you know our endings. You know everything about us and you love us. Oh God, help us to see and know how much you love us this morning. Lord, you've us in front and behind. You're watching over us, your hand is on us. We receive that this morning, Lord. We wanna be in your presence, Lord. We wanna experience you as we as we come and worship you this morning. We want to come to that realization, that knowledge, that understanding that you are here. That you're performing your good word in our lives, Lord. That all that you're doing is for us and it's for our good. That you are not concerned about our past. You're only concerned about our future, Lord. And you're pouring your spirit on us. Your hand is upon us for good. You're wanting to change us and mold us and make us into your image. You're wanting to give us your favor and your blessing. So, Lord, today, as we worship you, help us to... Enter into your presence. Enter into that place where we can understand and know you are God. You have your hand on us and it's all okay. There's nothing this world can bring. There's nothing the enemy can do. There's nothing a person can do. There's nothing our finances or our physical health can do. You are in charge of all of it and you rule and reign and you are gonna have your way, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. This morning, this morning, Lord, we choose By an act of our will, we choose to lay down all of our cares, all of our distractions, and we get our eyes on You. We will worship You. We will exalt You. We will enter into Your courts with thanksgiving and into Your your temple with praise, Lord. We're gonna come before You with all of our hearts and worship You in spirit and truth. And Lord, I know as we do that, you're going to move among us in a mighty way. You're going to show us who you really are this morning, Lord. Those needs that we have when we came in, they're just going to be met and they're going to fall to the wayside. All anxiety and all stress is going to just go away. All fear and questions and doubts going to crumble and fall beneath your mighty power, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are a mighty God. And you're working on our behalf this morning, Lord. Thank you that you give comfort to those who are... Brokenhearted. Lord, this morning we lift up Dean and Linda Morrison and their entire family that you, you, the God of all comfort, would be with them, Lord. Give them peace and comfort as they, as they mourn the loss of their dear daughter in law. Lord God, pour your spirit on that family. Let them know your peace like never before. I thank you, Lord, that for those of us that are here that have struggles and issues, Lord, I know today. You're going to speak those words that we need to hear, words of life that will change us, heal us, and raise us up. We thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do and say this morning. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. morning that is our our prayer Lord. we come to you we lay all of our knees before you we acknowledge your great provision this morning we sang these wonderful old songs they talk about how sufficient you are how great your provision is Lord and and those who wrote those songs they knew it firsthand. Fanny J. Crosby was blind, and yet she was able, she said, when visions of rapture burst on my side, she was seeing in the spiritual realm, and she knew when she sees you, all things are going to be made new. And it's well with my soul. That poor man, he lost everything. In the midst of his lost financial ruin, His home was burned, his children drowned in the sea, and yet he said, I've learned to say it's well with my soul because he knew that in you, Lord, we can survive and we can thrive and we can go on because this life is temporal, but there is eternity that waits, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, this morning, Lord, help us to get our eyes on you to not be so bound up in this world, to not be so distracted by the cares of this life, but to see that you are always working on our behalf. You are able to carry us through every struggle, every storm, every challenge, and we we don't just have to scrimp by and survive, but we can make it with, with peace and joy. We can make it with enthusiasm. We can make it with the excitement about your love and your provision because you are there with us every step of the way. Thank you, Lord, that you are here to speak to us this morning. So I pray that you, that you continue to do that, Lord, even now. As we spend time in your presence, Lord, speak to us through your word. Each one of us needs to hear from you, Lord, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to be changed. Or the struggles of this life, they tend to weigh us down, but you, Lord, want to, you want to take those burdens off of us. We cast all of our cares on you. I know, Lord, this morning, you're going to heal and deliver. You're going to set us free. You're going to, you're going to fill us up with your joy and your peace and your love. You're going to refresh us so we can leave this place today ready to go out and be the light in this dark world ready to go out and love and serve proclaim your name as savior and healer and deliverer Lord we choose we choose to believe you we choose to trust you and I want to believe the good report Lord the report that you've given us all these promises you set before us choice of life and death and I choose life I choose life. For me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Speak now, Lord, to each one of us. Breathe that life into us. Thank you, Lord. Zephaniah 3, it says, The Lord will joy over us with singing. As Carol's playing this morning, just to me, I could just hear the Lord singing a melody of love over each one of us. And he's just saying, I love you, child. Just rest in me. Know my peace. Know my love. I've got this. You're safe in my arms received that this morning the Lord wants us to have that perfect peace the peace that's not it's not dependent on circumstances but it's just perfect peace because we know who we believed and we know that he's able to complete and perform his good word what we've committed to him he'll he'll perfect it and complete it against the day of his coming we know that want to rest in that this morning. The assurance that the Father has our best interest at heart, and he's got everything under control. Lord, this morning, our nation, what a mess we are, and yet I know that if your people, the ones who are called by your name, will begin to humble ourselves and pray, seek you, and turn from all the things that distract us, and all the things that that uh, we do that are that are not eternal values. Oh God, if we just turn and seek you and humble ourselves, I know you'd hear us. You'd forgive us and cleanse us and you'd heal this land, Lord. And it's only in you that we can be healed. It's only in you, Lord, because only you can turn the hearts of men and women. Only you can turn the hearts of leaders. Only you can turn direction of a nation, Lord. We cry out to you and we ask you, Lord, heal this land. Heal us spiritually first. Change our hearts, Lord. Turn our hearts towards you. Heal us emotionally so that there's no division and strife and anger and hatred and racism. Heal us physically, Lord, so that There's no more COVID, there's no more death and fear of death and destruction, but we can live and breathe and have life, have freedom to be who you created us to be. Heal us, Lord, financially, so that we can become strong again, a nation who uses our wealth for the good of the rest of the world, Lord, that we, we take care of those who are downtrodden. A force for good, Lord, that we support missionaries and ministries all over the world because you bless us financially. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in this nation. Lord, let it begin with me. I submit myself to you and I say, heal me, Lord. Change me, cause me to turn. Turn away from things that distract me and let me be focused like a laser beam, focused in on the things of the kingdom, things of eternal value so that every day, I would pursue you every day, seek you, and I would proclaim your truth. Stand in the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're gonna do this morning as we partake of your word, as we partake of the elements that represent what you did on the cross, Lord, your body and your blood. Thank you, Lord for all that you're doing this morning in Jesus' name amen and amen you can be seated thank you guys wow we don't sing those old songs very often but I like them reminds me of the days when I got saved takes me back I still know a lot of the the words by heart because we sang them for so many years but uh, of course I love our contemporary songs too but uh, it's kind of refreshing to go back to some of the old stuff every now and then. Got some, uh, most of them have really good uh, doctrinal lyrics, good theology. And um, not to say that our contemporary songs don't, but it just, I think a good blend is uh, healthy. So you guys... Uh, that are here and that are joining us by live stream, thank you for coming. Glad to see you. Even the ones I can't see, I know you're there. And uh, I just want to encourage you, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. God is going gonna to bring us through all this, and we're going we're gonna to be restored, and this is going to be behind us someday. We're kind of considering uh, our meetings uh, being live and in person on a week by week basis. I was kind of prepared to say something this morning, but then I saw a report that Parker County had a lot more cases and more deaths. And I thought, well, maybe we'll just watch and take it on a week by week basis. I want to be wise and be careful and be a good steward of all this. I'm not fearful. And I know most of you guys aren't fearful, but we want to be responsive and respectful of uh, of those that are, and and what our our local community and our state has asked us to do. You know, we try to be compliant. I don't um, I don't view this for the most part as being an, an effort to stop us from meeting as a church. I just think people they want to they want to help stop the spread of the virus, and we can do our part. So. Get your minds right, so when we do start coming back together, we will be practicing the social distancing very carefully. We'll keep you separated so you don't sit too close, except you know families can sit with families and you can wear a mask and not wear a mask but uh, But we ask that you don't be greeting and hugging and doing all that sort of thing because that would violate what they've asked us to do, and we don't want to do that um, so we're going to encourage you if you have. Uh, health issues, or if you're old, like most of us, um, you know, consider all that. You make your own decisions about it. Strongly encourage you to follow the guidelines. But on the other hand, we're not going to turn people away. If you want to come and worship, you come and worship, and we're not going to turn you away. So there it is. Announcements. How about this? We're in August now. So everybody's got an August birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. All right. I... Uh, I don't know who all has it. I'm not keeping up with that. We're not doing bulletins, and I'm kind of enjoying the break from not having to worry about bulletins each week. But uh, when we start meeting again, we'll probably do bulletins again, if I can remember. I get out of practice. You know, you you don't do it for a while, and you kind of forget. I might even start doing outlines for you again. I don't know. I kind of like not having an outline for you because then I can just say whatever I want. I don't feel like I'm constrained to the outline. (laughs) But on the other hand, I ought to give you at least a blank sheet of paper so you got something to write notes on if you want to. But, uh, so we are gonna protect communion at the end of the service. So if you're watching from home, gather your elements up. If you're here, uh, if you hadn't got it, there's a box back there at the back somewhere that's got the little individual deals. And uh, you might need to start a little early because these things can be a little challenging sometimes to get them open. Uh, there's two, two separate things there. So you've got to peel off the top and peel the wafer out and then peel off the top, and then you've got the juice and try not to, you know, throw it all up in the air. So we're all good. Um, anyway, I think that's it on the announcements. I'll just, we'll keep you posted. Thanks for your faithfulness uh, and all the things that we're doing. Uh, you guys have continue to give, even though we're not meeting. I appreciate that. You know, God is meeting our needs. Everything's cool. And uh, we had a meeting Wednesday night, a prayer meeting, had a great turnout, had 15 people show up for an hour of prayer, no singing, no preaching, no teaching, no anything except just prayer. Had 15 people show up on a Wednesday night. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I'm, I am thrilled that we have people who are interested in praying for our nation, interested in praying for our leadership and the election that's coming up and all those things. So if you want to join us Wednesday night 6.30 to 7.30 right here. Uh, you can come, you can wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. If if There'll be plenty of room. We spread out, and there's no format. You can pray out loud. You can listen. You can pray quietly. You can read a scripture, anything you want to do, as long as it's of the Lord. So come and enjoy that time with us. All right. I think we're ready to get in the Word. And, uh, wow, it's pretty uh, its pretty amazing what the Lord does. Uh, we talk about this from time to time, but, um, you know, I don't tell Eddie what I'm going to preach about, and he doesn't tell me what he's going to sing about, and uh, I'm just amazed sometimes, you know, when we, we show up and the songs start coming forth, and it's like, wow, those are some of the exact words that I'm going to be saying, you know, and uh, and then I'll say something, and then he'll start playing, and the first words out of his mouth will be the last word I said, and it's like, wow, you know, how does that happen? Well, it's the Holy Spirit is how it happens, and uh, so... I'm, I'm really encouraged this morning. Uh, we're You're going to see, as we start talking about it, you're going to reflect back on the words of some of those songs that we sang, and you're going to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. So we've been talking about wounds of our soul. And I think we're on part 12 now. And uh, so the wounds of our soul, basically, the premise is that you experience things in life, good and bad, and they impact you. Your soul is that's who you are. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's, it's basically who you are. And your soul is not perfect. You know, it's got that sinful nature attached to it. And so the process of our salvation, we, we get saved and we give ourselves to the Lord. We are born again. We become a new creation. And all things are beginning to become new. We're not 100% perfect because we've still got problems. We still got a sinful nature. And so the rest of our walk with the Lord until we go into glory is all about the process of us changing and becoming more like him, being transformed from glory to glory, as Paul refers to it. So when we're in his presence, that's what happens to us. We experience his glory, and his glory changes us, and we begin to be more like him. So so what happens then? You're born with some predispositions. Uh, You know, you can call them all kinds of things, uh, generational influences, you can call them genetic influences. I believe it's more spiritual than it is physical. You do have physical traits that you inherit, you know, the color of your hair and eyes, and you know, whether you're big or tall, but you know, they don't all work exactly right, uh, because some parents, you know, are tall, and they have short kids, and some are short, and they have tall kids, and some are, brilliant, and they have not-so-brilliant kids, and vice versa, and all that kind of stuff. You know, you don't have any control over that. So the thing is, though, you're born with certain characteristics or qualities that are kind of in you, and they're not all good. And you want to start seeing those things and beginning to go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me get this straightened out so that I remove these bad qualities so that I don't give into them. I'm reading this book and uh, I'll be sharing with it when we get into this renewing our minds, we'll be talking about it more, but uh, your thoughts, your thoughts actually change the DNA in your brain and it turns on or turns off certain traits. And so if you have a predisposition towards something that's bad and your thoughts change that, then that becomes weaker, and then the good things that you want to become become stronger, and that's who you will become. It's pretty amazing, because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Science is kind of catching up to, to what God's Word teaches us and what we've known all along as believers. So it's an interesting thought, though, that your thoughts can actually physically change the structure of your brain and cause things that you were born with to become not so predominant or predominant, You If know, the good traits, you can turn those on and say, yeah, baby, I'm all in. My mom and dad were believers and they passed the heritage on to me and I, I wanna seek the Lord, I'm turning that on. I'm gonna be all in. And if your parents were atheists and ungodly and they had all kinds of addictions and everything, you've got some of those predispositions, you can say, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna agree with those. I'm rejecting that and I'm gonna begin to think these ways and I'm gonna be this way. And that's who you will become. We have the ability to change the way we think. God gave us that ability and if we change the way we think, we change the way that we behave as well. And that's all because of what God does in us. I'm not talking about positive thinking, although there's nothing wrong with thinking positively, but the power is then the truth of the word and what Jesus did on the cross. But as we learn to change the way we think and the way that we, we see things and our attitudes about things, it, it changes everything about us. So we, we have a lot of power within ourselves to change the outcome of our lives. It's one of the things that we always brag about. This country, it's a great country because you're free to be whoever you wanna be, to accomplish whatever you wanna accomplish. Yeah, some of us are born with different uh, possibilities, different uh, opportunities but there's really nobody holding you back except except how you limit yourself. Uh, a lot of people have become multimillionaires who started out with nothing. And I don't believe that's just you know God picking one person and saying, I'm going to bless this one and I'm going to bless this one but this guy over here I'm going to just let him be a you know a poor slob his whole life. I think it's us applying ourselves saying I choose to work hard and become different. I'm not gonna be like I was born. The circumstances I was born into, I'm not gonna live that way. I'm gonna change. So, anyway. So the wounds of our soul. Today we're gonna talk about restoring our soul. So we got all these things in our soul. So when we, we make bad choices, they have an impact on us. You look at something, uh, you don't forget what you see. I mean, it might you might not be on your mind all the time, but eventually, you know, you'll have flashbacks. You look at, you know, men. You look at uh, pornography or nasty pictures or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Those images are there, and it's like they are permanently there. And you you will work really diligently to get them out if you're ever going to get them out because they don't just go away. So, other things that you see, you know, things that are disturbing, things that are things that are good. You see something good, you remember that. I mean, we remember everything. Our minds remember all that stuff. It's stored. We're like big computers that store all that stuff in there. And at the most inopportune time, sometimes one of those memories will pop back up. You know, right when you're in the middle of prayer, here's one of those images or one of those thoughts, you know, pop back up. Or somebody will be praying. They say a word and and that word is Part of a phrase that you used to say all the time back before you were a believer or something or and and all of a sudden your mind goes back you know those are those are the kind of things that our mind can do because that image or those thoughts are there they 're stored, but they don 't have to affect our lives every day though we can have control over those things so all the stuff that we 're talking about that 's the point of it all is we 're getting to the place where i 'm going to tell you how you can restore your soul and renew your mind, and you don't have to be the same old person you've always been. That's good news. I mean, I don't hate myself, but, but when I look at who I was and still who I am sometimes, I don't like everything I see. And so I know what God is saying about me and what God expects of me and what God wants of me, and so I'm, I'm pressing into that. I want to continue to grow and change. So we talked last week about... Uh, Muscles and calluses, muscles, you know, you build your muscles to make something you're strong. Uh, If you, whatever you exercise is going to become stronger. Whatever you don't exercise is going to become weaker. So we have a natural man and a spiritual man. If you exercise the natural man, he's going to become stronger. If you exercise the spiritual man, he's going to become stronger. And that's what we want. We want our spiritual man to be stronger than our natural man. Because there's a warfare going on all the time. And we want the, the spirit to win over the flesh. And that means that we have to change the way that we think about things, we have to change the way we look at things. We have to allow our spiritual man to begin to be in control more, and our natural man not so much. We also talked about calluses. You know, if you do repetitive things, you either, first you get tender places or blisters, and if you keep doing it, you'll get calluses, and spiritually speaking, you become hardened by repetition of sin. And when you repeat spiritual things, you become toughened up and you're you're able to endure spiritually. So when you're faced with challenges spiritually, you have some mental toughness and some endurance built into you because you've been training yourself, you've been exercising, you've been doing repetitive exercises to build your inner man's strength so that you can do the things that you're supposed to do. And we talked about uh, Hebrews where it talked about uh, having your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That comes through uh, through experiences in life, good and bad. It's in that passage, it talks about Jesus, though he were the son of God, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And if Jesus had to learn obedience, then we have to learn obedience as well. And so when we... When we experience things that are challenging, things that uh, maybe, maybe where we, we fail and we have to be corrected, those things, even though they might seem painful at the time, they are for our good because they are training us. They're exercising our senses so that we learn between good and evil and we learn to do the right things. And then Paul talked about growing into maturity. As he said, you're behaving like, like carnal. He said, I couldn't feed you uh, with solid food because you're just like a little baby. You need milk. And so if you want to be mature, you want to grow where you can eat solid food, you know, steak and potatoes instead of stuck in a bottle all the time, then you have, to, you have to learn to think and be different. You can't just rock along in life. You understand, God is not going to just do all this to you without your part. Grace will do it all, but it, we do have a part. We have to submit ourselves and say, here I am. I want you to change me. I'm willing to be changed. Change me. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to learn what your word says. I'm going to learn who I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to train myself to be that. And I can only do it through the power or the grace of God. But if I don't put myself in a position where I'm trying, God's not going to force it on you. Otherwise, you know, why wouldn't he just zap us right out of here when you say yes to him? I mean, that'd be good, good, wouldn't it? We wouldn't have to do all this. Yes, Lord, there we go. I had one of my granddaughters, uh, she was hesitant to invite Jesus to come into her heart because she had been hearing about when you let Jesus come in your heart, you get to go be with him in heaven for eternity. It's like, I don't want to go yet. You know, she didn't understand that that's, that's a future thing. You know, it's not like you're not going to you know, pass, go no $200 or anything. It's a future thing. It's a great thing to be looking forward to because it gives you hope and courage to endure all the things that we do. But it's not something to fear. So unbelief causes hardness, hardness of heart, and that leads to sin. And sin in our lives leads to patterns of sinfulness or strongholds. We talked about strongholds last week, and really, you know, there's a lot of terminology that we use in Christendom, and maybe you know, maybe you don't, but uh, the truth is, we've all got issues, we've all got struggles and problems, and God wants to heal us and deliver us. He wants us to be free. So the whole talk this morning about uh, restoring our soul, we're going to talk about what that means and how the Lord does that. The passage of Scripture we're going to read is Psalms 23. And one of those those songs that we sang had, had a good portion of this in there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You could probably preach for weeks and weeks on that, but I I, want to just kind of break that down a little bit piece by piece because I think there's a real key there that we need to understand. And we're focusing on that one part where he says he restores my soul. That in the Hebrew means to restore, refresh. The word is shub. And literally, it means to turn back, but not specifically to the origin. It just means to turn back. So I believe, in context here, it means that we refresh our souls, or we restore our souls, or we turn back our souls towards the origin. We understand. and it's Our origin was like Adam and Eve. God created us, In his image, and our souls were perfect in the creation. But through the fall, we got messed up. That's where the problem came in. That's where we got the sin nature. That's where all the bad stuff began to happen, is in the fall. So prior to the fall, man's soul was perfect. There was no wound or problem in your soul. So he restores our soul. That means. We're turning our soul back, not necessarily to Adam and Eve's state all at once, but I believe little by little, we're turning our soul back. We're becoming more like God intended for us to be. We're becoming, our soul is being healed. Our soul is being refreshed. It's being restored so that, that we're becoming more like God wants us to be. And our sinful nature is going to be put down more and more, and our inner man is going to become stronger and stronger, and we're going to begin to be more like God created us to be. It's a process. So in context, when you read this whole 23rd Psalm, I think as we begin to understand and experience God's goodness as it's described in this Psalm, that's when we begin to understand that God is refreshing and restoring us. That's when it happens. That's when it takes place. When you begin to rest and what God is saying there, I mean, you got to admit, the 23rd Psalm is a pretty, it's a pretty peaceful, serene description. You know, shepherd's with you, watching out for you, he's leading you, he's taking you, all the good stuff is happening, when the bad stuff tries to happen, he, he walks you through it. I mean, it's got it all. I mean, it pretty well lays out everything that you can imagine in life, good and bad, and he's saying, I've got it worked out for you and I'm right there to help you through it. I mean, that's a pretty peaceful scene. So when we, when we come into God's presence and we begin to worship and we begin to realize, wow, God has taken care of everything. He's made provision for our sins. He's made provision for our health. He's made provision for our peace. We don't have to be afraid. He's given us power over the enemy. He's done all these things. Well, When we begin to understand that, and really buy into that, that, that restores your soul. I mean, that makes you begin to come alive. You begin to, your soul begins to go back like it was. You're turning back like Adam and Eve. You know, they didn't have to worry about toiling every day to get their food or their income. They didn't have to worry about right or wrong. They didn't have to worry about choosing. It was just life, and it was perfect. And God was their friend. He walked with them, talked with them. They didn't have to fear God. They didn't have to fear failure. They didn't have to fear the enemy. They didn't even know there was an enemy. So when we begin to realize who God really is and what his provision really covers in our lives, we turn our souls back a little bit and we begin to realize that that's who God is. I don't have to be afraid. I can walk right through the valley. I don't have to be afraid because he's with me and I know who he is hallelujah and I know what he's done and I know what he's going to do and I can trust in that and when I trust in that when I get comfortable with that it refreshes my soul it turns me back just a little bit i become more like God wanted us to be originally more like God intends for us to be right now more like God wants us to walk in the spirit live in the spirit so we don't fulfill the flesh that's what God wants he wants us to have power and dominion in this life Sin shall not have dominion over you. We're supposed to have dominion over it. We're supposed to overcome evil with good, not the other way around. Oh, man, they didn't know in the garden, they didn't know what it was like to to be worried about tomorrow, to be worried about the future. You know, all they had to do was just tend the garden. In my mind, that just means they just walked around picking fruit and eating it. You know, they didn't have to plan it. They didn't have to worry about it. They just had to eat it. I'll sign up for that. God wants to provide for us. And the way he does that is such that when our trust is in him, our faith is in him, we can can simply every day say, Lord, what I need today, I'm going to trust you to give me. And when you live that way, I think you'll find that God never lets you down. He is faithful. So, I thought it was interesting. Here's another thing. The songs we sang this morning, Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Restore means to turn back. How about that? We're turning back. Every time we think about who God is and how he's blessed us, we turn back a little bit and we begin to stand stronger and we begin to build our inner man up. And we begin to realize, hey, I can trust God. I can walk with God. I can do this because I know who I'm believing in. We're turning back our soul a little bit each day, a little bit, all the time. Now we're going to go through it uh, line by line. I don't know if we'll make it all, but maybe we will. The Lord is my shepherd. And I want to say to you that uh, in John 10, 11, and and verse 16, uh, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. A hireling flees because he is a hireling. He doesn't care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take personal interest in watching over us to make sure we have his full attention to every detail in our lives. That's what shepherds do. They watch over the flock. And I'm glad that, that we have the great shepherd watching over us. You know, maybe I'm a shepherd over this flock, but uh, I'm an under shepherd. You know, I'm, I have no ability to watch over like the good shepherd does. I don't know everything, I can't see everything. All I can do is is do the best I can to watch over and react to situations as they develop. But the Good Shepherd, he knows everything. He knows every thought. He knows all of our struggles. He knows our fears. He knows our doubts. He knows our anxiousness about the future. He knows everything. He knows good and bad about us. And that's kind of scary, and yet he still loves us. And that's pretty amazing. Because sometimes I look at myself and it doesn't look so good to me. But I, I, I see God and here he says, you know, I see all that about you and I still love you. I still want to have this relationship with you. Just like he wanted that relationship with Adam and Eve. And he came down and walked and talked with them. And when they messed up, he didn't say, that's it, forget it. He, he sought them out. And that's what God does. He's always seeking us out because he wants to restore us. He wants to be part of our lives. He wants to have that love relationship with us. The Lord is my shepherd. He wants to be involved in all of our life and watch out for us. I shall not want. He is our sufficiency, and he wants to freely give us all things. Romans 8.32, Paul said, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's what the Lord wants to do. He's not about trying to restrict us or limit us. You know, you ever, you ever seen uh, a store where there's a big sale and people are waiting in line, you know, I mean, it it can get kind of ugly sometimes, and people behind the counter, you know, it's like, you've got to back up, you know, and, and people are up, you hey, know, give me mine, I want mine, they're afraid they're going to run out or whatever. That is not the case with the Lord. The Lord is not going to run out. He wants to freely give us all things, and he's not pushing us back. He's, he's got his arms open wide saying, come on in. My arms are big enough for all of you at once, just come on in. Freely give us all things. The only thing that limits us is our own mind and our own heart. Because some of us, I'm sorry to say, some of us have a poor concept of a father. Because of that, we believe the Heavenly Father is going to reject us or he's going to, he's going to make his love conditional. And he's going to say, if you behave right, I'll love you. If you behave wrong, then you know, I'm going to withhold my love. You don't want to be that way with God because God's love is not conditional. Now, there are a lot of things in the Bible that are conditional, but his love is not conditional. He loves everybody. Whether we respond to his love or not is something totally different, but God loves everybody. He loves loves the sinners. He loves the, the horrible sinners just like he loves us. He loves us all and the people who murder and and do horrible things, God still loves those people. We look at them as criminals and outcasts and horrible, but God loves those people. God loved the world, the entire world, so much that he gave his only son. He didn't just love the good ones, the ones that were worthy of his love, he loved everyone. He freely gives us all things. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So, you know, we see a lot of pictures, paintings, and such of this, and it's like this idyllic scene, you know, with lush green pastures and mountainsides and the stream flowing through it and the nice little still area. Well, in real life, it really isn't like that over there in the Holy Land. The lush pastures, the green pastures over there, are not like those pictures, it's a desert. And they have some grass, mean, they only get like 23 inches of rain each year, so it's not a lot of rain. And so the idea is that the shepherd, he knows where there is grass and where there is some good grass, and so he leads the flock daily to where they can find the good grass. And it's like little sprigs. I mean, if you look at a real picture of Israel, it's not like green. It's like, you know, I mean, like Kind of like my pasture. It's uh, a little sparse, you know. You see a lot of dirt. You see a lot of ground. And so what happens is the sheep, the shepherd leads them. They walk along and they nibble a little here and they nibble a little there. And they they don't all get a huge amount, but they get enough for the day.
0: And the next day, he leads them
1: to another area where there is some green pasture. Every day, they get their sustenance. Now, if you want to look at it from... a Western viewpoint, then go for it, you know? The lush green pastures, you know, waist-high, coastal, and everything's hunky-dory, and you can just go out there and wallow in it, you know, and you got some pretty flowers thrown in or whatever. Whatever floats your boat, it's okay, but just understand that it's all about God providing for you on a daily basis, and the shepherd is leading you to that provision on a daily basis so that you always have what you need for the day. It's not always enough for tomorrow or next week, but it's enough for today. And that's what we need to be focused on, is how much do I need today? What will it take today for me to be satisfied? That's what the Lord has given us, enough for today. He is our sustenance, our daily bread, the manna that came down from heaven, the living bread that feeds us and strengthens us. In John 6, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did, did not give you the bread from heaven or the manna, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. See, that's, he was kind of bringing a correction to the, the religious leaders because they viewed Moses as the guy who did all that. It's really more about the leaders. That's why they thought they could be such strong leaders because they thought leaders were the, were the ones that were making it all happen. The truth is, it was God that was making it all happen, the leaders were just doing what God said. The well, Moses didn't give them the bread, but he told them how to go pick it up and how to process it. God gave them the manna, and God is the one who gives the true bread from heaven. And they said, oh, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So you have to understand that Jesus is the living bread, the bread from heaven. That's our daily sustenance. So when God is saying that uh, he leads us every day, he leads us into the green pastures, that's so we can be fed. We can get our sustenance and strength so that we can do the things that we need to do. That's how we, that's how we survive and thrive. You know, you don't have to have too much. You just need enough. That's one thing I admire about the Hebrew folks. They believed that God's Greatest and richest blessings in their lives amounted to enough for today and just a little bit more so I can be generous and give to someone who's in need. Wow. If we could get our eyes on that and get our minds right on that idea, that idea right there would change so much about the United States of America because we are so prosperous and we're so used to having everything and so much that we want. We think all of our wants are needs and we think our needs are are not all that big and the truth is we could get by with so much less but we've trained ourselves and we've heard and we've been taught you know that you got to have this and you got to keep up with the joneses and you got to do this and that and you know that's not necessary you just need enough for today and most of us would really be scared really scared if we only had enough for today. I mean, if you really only had enough food in your refrigerator and in your cabinets for today, and you didn't know what you were gonna do tomorrow, that would be really scary. But if you had been walking with the Lord and He had always provided for you, and you would never done without, then you wouldn't have any reason to worry. So what's the difference between letting God provide for you the way that we think about it versus the day-by-day thing. The only difference is that we get lazy and our thinking is, well, I've got something stored up so I don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know, God's provided for me. But He has provided for you. It's still our trust in Him as our provider that is key. And so even if we have enough that it's not a day-by-day existence, we still need to keep our eyes on the fact that it is His provision that's keeping us going. And when you do that, if you can train yourself to believe that way, then even if you get to the point where it becomes more of a short term than a, than a long term, you're still going to be okay. It's all about trusting in him. He leads me beside the still waters. That's the good and the safe water. And the shepherd knows where that is. That's why he's the one that leads them. In John 4, Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water, he's speaking to the woman at the well, Will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The shepherd knows where the good water is. Now, sheep, um, I don't think they're really afraid of water, but uh, I've always heard that sheep aren't that bright. And, uh, but, but what happens to them if they're not careful, if they get into the water, they get really soaked and heavy because of their wool. And that can make it difficult for them to swim because they just dog paddle. You know, they're not, they're not breaststrokers, you know, they just dog paddle. And so if, if their wool gets saturated with water, then they're more subject to drowning. And uh, so it's important that sheep have the right kind of water. They need, they need good, clean, healthy water, and the shepherd knows where that is. Sometimes the shepherd has to take them into an area that's difficult terrain. it's difficult to get to that good water. Sometimes it's kind of in a little cave or a cavern, and you go into that cave or cavern, it may be dark and the trail may be narrow and it may be a little bit scary. But the sheep know they can trust the shepherd because he doesn't do them wrong. He's there with them, and they walk with him every day. They hear his voice, and they follow him because they know him. So the shepherd knows where the good water is. The still water is the water that's uh, it's clean, but it's safe. And the Lord, the Lord leads us to the stuff that's good for us, the stuff that will keep us whole and healthy, the stuff that will make us grow and be strong. The Lord knows what's best for us, just like the shepherd leading the flock. He restores my soul. And I believe that if we, as we experience uh, the presence of the Lord and he begins to reveal things to us, we need to have an attitude of repentance because we're going to see things about ourselves that need to be changed when we're in his presence. He's going to bring revelation and insight to us. He shines that light into us and exposes uh, maybe some roots deep in our soul that need to be healed or pulled out. Maybe some wounds, offenses where people have hurt us. Maybe some things that we were born with, predispositions, and we, we decide after we're in God's presence, all of a sudden it becomes clear to us, hey, I've got this thing in me. It's always been there, and I've just accepted it as part of me, but it's not really good. It's not really healthy. And that would be the time to say, hey, Lord, you've shown this to me. I want to get it out of me. This is an area that, that the enemy has controlled in my life, and I don't want him to have control. And so I repent. I turn away from that, and I want you to heal me and make me whole and change me. So he restores our soul when we live a life of diligent introspection and repentance. It brings about these wonderful miraculous restoration and refreshing of our souls. In Acts 3:19, Paul was preaching, and he said, "Repent, therefore, and be converted." that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I hear that quoted a lot, uh, and usually it's just times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. But in context, it's times of refreshing when you're, when you're repenting. It's times of refreshing when your sins are being blotted out. It's times of refreshing when you're being healed and delivered and set free in the presence of the Lord. And that happens as we begin to be introspective. We sit in the presence of the Lord and we begin to realize that God has made all these provisions for us. He is our shepherd. He's leading us. He's taking us right to the good stuff. And he's watching over us. And he wants to restore our soul. And as we, as we begin to realize all that in his presence, that's when we can start looking at ourselves and say, okay, I've got this, I got this pride in me that it's always been part of me, and I've always just accepted it as who I am. But that's not who God wants me to be. Or I've got this anger, you know. I mean, people say something to me, and I immediately get offended and mad. That's just who I am. Baloney. That's who you've been. But it's not who God wants you to be. Well, I'm so afraid if I, if I step out and do that, I'll fail. Fear is not of the Lord. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. Those things are in you, in all of us, in different areas. Maybe, maybe it expresses itself differently. And you look at yourself and you say, well, I'm not proud because I don't think of myself very highly at all. Matter of fact, I'm, a, I'm totally unworthy. I'm not able to do hardly anything. You realize that's pride too because you're, all you're doing is focusing on yourself. That's what pride is. It focuses on yourself all the time. God wants to heal us. He wants to set us free so that we're not that same old way. Man, just think about that. Do you want to stand before the Lord someday and say, Yep, Lord, I made it through all my life and I didn't change one bit. Just like I came into this world. No. I want to be able to say, Lord, you know, I I heard your voice and I followed you i let you lead me right to the still waters and the green pasture. i let you lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. I'll let you lead me right down there where you could restore my soul because he wants to restore our soul. We don't want to be the same old way from now on. He wants to restore us. I could preach for hours, but I'm not. Aren't you glad? <laughs> so, well, Worship team, y'all come on back. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take this up again next week, right at that point where he restores my soul. And, and while we get ready to, to worship, you can get your, get your elements and carefully remove the top. There it goes. All right, so there's your wafer, and then you take the other part off, and you got the juice. So we're gonna we're gonna worship the Lord, but um, as we sing this first song, I want I want us to think about. I mean, this is this is like the perfect the perfect scenario to allow God to restore our soul. Just think about that. We are in His presence. We're going to be worshiping him. We're going to be allowing him to speak to us. And so, you know, in in Corinthians, Paul said, let a man examine himself. I'm going to give you a chance to just examine yourself. Think about what the Lord is showing you and speaking to you about and how he wants to restore your soul. And remember, that restoration of our soul, that happens when we realize all of God's provision all of God's care in our lives and him leading us and watching over for us and what better way to realize that and celebrate that than to say Lord thank you for your body thank you for your blood and what that means that you gave that for us so as we worship allow the Lord to speak to you and show you and then we're going to partake together here in just a minute Lord, your your provision and your care is enough, Lord. And this morning, we've talked about you being our shepherd that leads us right into the very paths that we need to walk in so that we can be restored, Lord. And this morning, as we celebrate your provision for us, I ask that you do restore us, Lord. You do turn back our souls a little bit, refresh us. Make us more like you intend for us to be, Lord, that we would be healed and whole. Those things you've revealed to each one of us, Lord, as we have been worshiping, we lay those things down before you, Lord. We submit ourselves to you. I confess and I repent from unforgiveness and bitterness. I confess and I repent, Lord, from pride and and, uh, anger and fear and doubt I confess and repent, Lord, from rebellion and stubbornness in my life. Offenses that I've allowed to affect my heart and attitude so that I respond to people in a wrong way, Lord, I repent. I don't want to be like that anymore, Lord. I want to be healed and whole. Roots of wickedness in me, Lord, roots of bitterness. Rip them out and heal me. Doubts and fears, Lord, I, I want to be clean and whole and be able to trust you with all of my heart. So Lord, all these things that have been part of me, all these things that have been part of me, Lord, I want to be healed and whole. And the only way that that can happen is through your provision at the cross, Lord. You gave yourself, you were crucified, your body hung on that cross in our place. You gave your body, Lord, and your body is the living bread that we partake of today. So, Lord, today, restore our souls as we partake of your body. Forgive us and heal us and cleanse us, Lord. If we have physical needs, heal us, Lord, and raise us up. Financial needs. Restore us in that way as well, Lord. You are our provider, Lord, and you are the one that leads us to the paths of your provision give us direction and wisdom and help in every area of our lives, Lord, through your provision, your body, as we partake together now, break and partake together in Jesus' name. In that same way, Lord, we partake of your blood, the blood that washes away every sin, the blood that gives us power to have dominion over sin, the blood that gives us the ability to to know you and walk with you. You made a new and living way to enter into your very presence, Lord, so that we can walk with you in those paths that you lead us in. That's all accomplished by your blood, Lord. The power of your blood is what cleanses us, makes us new. It's what restores our soul. The power of your blood, that resurrection power, Lord, that raised you from the dead, that dunamis, restoring our soul. So, Lord, I thank you that you've already forgiven us and cleansed us. And now, Lord, the power of your blood is going to heal those wounds in our soul, those areas that we've allowed to be there. We've agreed with them. We've let them stay there. But today, we're saying no more. I break agreement with that stuff, and I'm not going to be like that anymore. I'm not going to be the way that I've been. I'm going to be healed and whole. I'm going to be different. You have cleansed me. The devil is a liar, yes. and I don't agree with your lies anymore. I believe what God says, not what the devil says. The devil comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He says all kinds of horrible things about me, but I believe what you say about me, yes. Lord. You say that I am the beloved, that I'm accepted in the beloved. You say that I'm worthy. You say that I'm that pearl of great price, that you gave everything so you could have me. That's who I am in you. You are a good, good Father. That's who you are. And I am loved by you. That's who I am. And I reject all the lies of the enemy. To the power of your blood now, Lord, I receive healing and deliverance and freedom now. As we partake together, let it be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate that together as we worship. thank you that you are enough hallelujah you are enough lord and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore lord you are enough you lead us in the paths that we need to walk in so that you can restore our souls lord And i thank you for that you don't leave anything to chance lord you are out for our good all the time and i thank you lord If you don't know the Lord today, today could be the opportunity for you to say yes to him. It's a simple thing. You can't earn it, but you have to give yourself to him. And you have to offer yourself and say, here I am. You can take control. I give you control of my life. If you don't know the Lord, it's as simple as that. Just say, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. I need you. I wanna turn, I wanna change. I want you to take control of my life. Come now, be my Lord and Savior. You prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you are born again. If that's the case, let us know. We want to encourage you. We want to give you uh, stuff to read and help you. For the rest of us, he restores our soul. He restores our soul every day as you find that place where you come into agreement with him, recognize who he is, what he's done. You can be restored in your soul. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. And May you be restored today. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.